you're listening to the Queen of Wands. This is DJ Nocturna, and I'm speaking with American photographer and neo-symbolist artist John Santorineros, who's known for his dark, provocative, and erotic imageries that's been shown nationally and internationally all over the world. And, um, well, you know, thank you. Thank you, John, for doing this interview with me. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And, um, you know, um, as you know, we have some mutual friends. As I mentioned before, that's how I, uh, I came across your name, you know, from, uh, well, first of all, from a Trishan, Martin Bowes. Um, he has some albums uh, with your cover of your photos. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he's, he's, a re- he's a really good guy. Um, we did a few covers together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. Uh, actually, actually, I met him in person. He, had, he was playing in New York City and actually stayed in my studio. Him and his band stayed wow. in my studio while they were in the area. So it was a good couple of days. Oh, that's great. Yeah, the, the hands that feed. I always love that cover because it's your, one of your photos. And also Keepsakes and Reflection, the Jeopardy Maze. I think Sliding Horse, one is also one of them, and Desolation. I, I, I think there's several. There's five of them, I think, or maybe more. I don't know. Um, um, I'm not really sure. We, we worked together for a few years. Yeah, so. yeah. But, you know, um, um, and then the other person that we know is, um, if, if I've been mentioned, you know, she passed away, but her, Karina's her name, and she mentioned you, um, yeah. you know, some time ago, many, many years ago, when we, we were communicating. She said, oh, there's this artist, you know, he's amazing. I, you know, you got to see his work. And I'm not sure if I already saw it because Attrition, you know, was, I, I love Attrition. I've always been a big fan, but I've always mm. loved that album. So it just, it just said, wow, I really want to meet this artist, you know, and then one day Facebook was here <laughs> and there you are, you know, so, and I, I have your, your, your first book, The Fruit of the Secret God, which I'm so glad I have. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do. Did I tell you that? Um, I don't. I may, you may have mentioned it. That's um, yeah. yeah, they're out of print, so yeah, you, you can't a, really get them anymore. It's a limited edition, and I know it's. Uh, I mean, if you try to get them, they're very expensive now. Somebody, somebody, you know, some somewhere. But fruit of the secret god. Yeah, I have it. You know, one day I'm gonna bring it with me when you have a show, and I'm gonna go to your show, and then I'm gonna get your signature. <laughs> I'm uh, absolutely, I'd be happy. <laughs> I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, because that's uh, I, I cherish that now. As I was looking at the prices of these, and I know you have a second um, book called uh, Dream. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, that, that came out, I believe, in two thousand and five. It's been a while. And that one, I, do you still sell uh, copies of that, or is it out of? Um, it, they're still available. I still have um, maybe a couple of hundred copies of that left. Okay, but how about the first one? You don't have copies of that anymore. No, they're they're um, they're all sold out. They're out of print. Yeah, that's a beautiful photo on the front of that book. Yeah, it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. You know, you coined the term, you know, black symbolists. How is that different from neo-symbolists? I did. Um, the symbolist movement, uh, art movement, was mostly uh, literature and some um, mm-hmm. painters. Yep. And that t- that was um, in the late 1800s that it took mm-hmm. place. Yep. Um, and uh, the term neo-symbolist actually came from a magazine called uh, Profi Photo. It's a German magazine. I think in 2007, they did an article on me Mm -hmm. and they actually gave me that name of neo-symbolist and it sort of uh, stuck with me. But I I thought after I had researched symbolist movement, I was familiar a little bit with them, but not extensively. And they um, believed that... um, 
art should provoke things from the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, my I hope my stuff does that, but it's sort of uh, on the darker side. So I decided to, instead yeah. of call myself a neo-symbolist, I decided to call myself a, a black symbolist. Because I, I do know there, like you said, in literature, I know there are some um, artists that were inspired or influenced by, uh, by symbolism, like T.S. Eliot. William Butler Yeats, you know Oscar Wilde, you know those those guys. William Blake. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. I totally, I totally Absolutely. love it. Yeah. Um, and I love a lot of your your work. Um, there there seems to be a religious symbolism to it on some of them. Correct. Uh, how how has religion influenced your work? Well, I I'm I'm not a super religious. I would call myself more spiritual than yeah. religious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I know how powerful religious iconography can be on a culture. And so all of my work, I research different cultures and their religious beliefs uh, and use a lot of world symbolism uh, to that respect because it speaks so deeply uh, in people's hearts. Uh, and I think that's a good way to, to get their attention. You were born in New York City, right? You were born in New York City. Uh, Correct. You have, you have a Greek background because your name is uh, Santorineros, which is, uh, it sounds Greek. and But now you live in Athens, Georgia, not not Athens, Greece. <laughs> correct. Okay. Yes, that is, that is yeah. correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Santorineros, uh, my grandfather was Greek. Mm-hmm. Um, but on my name, there are two S's uh, at the end of my name. And Greek names generally don't have two S's at the end. Mm-hmm. So after doing some research, I believe that when he arrived on Ellis Island, they sort of screwed up his name um, uh-huh. uh, because he was from the island of Santorini. Oh, Santorini. Yeah, oh, so oh, my God. That's one of my favorite places. <laughs> is it? Yeah. So they may have just taken that and added some letters to it or his English probably wasn't the greatest at the uh, time. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up with Santorinaris the way it's spelled now. And uh, w- one last interesting thing about that name, um, except for my wife, mm-hmm. uh, there is no other Santorinaris in the world with wow. that spelling. Oh, you're the only one. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you got, well, you got, you got like, um, you got these limited edition books, and you got a limited edition name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was surprised, you know, when I started to do the research uh, on it, and I could not find another Santorinaris spelled that way anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty interesting. So is is that how you got your um your love for Greek mythology because I know your work has some Greek influence Greek mythology influence in there. Um yeah, uh, the, you know, the Greek gods um were in, you know very complex and long stories and convoluted things um uh and so I I take some of the symbolist uh symbolism from from that and use it in some of my work. Yeah. Do you have any favorite god, Greek gods and goddesses or myth? Um, actually, uh, the name of my published company, my publishing company, is Attis Publishing, A T T I S, and Attis was a uh, a Greek deity, mm-hmm. and his story is like really intriguing. And let's just say that his mother was his mother and consort mm-hmm. was Sybil. Mm-hmm. And um, it involves uh, some self-mutilation and resurrections. So his story is really quite interesting. If your listeners are interested in it, it's spelled A-T-T-I-S. 
you know, tell us about your, your creative process, you know, and how you, uh, you get inspired to shoot like a certain subject or theme. Because I know, you know, I'm sure many people have told you that your work is, you know, dark, erotic, you know, provocative, you know, I don't know, um, haunting. If you've never seen it before, you'd, you'd be in, in shock almost. Right. Because it's so, it gives you that, it wakes you up and say, wow, it's kind of like, see this? So for some people, it probably takes them back to childhood maybe or something in their life. It's like a dream. Kind of absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, it comes from a, a deep place within my brain. And a lot, I'm not going to say all, but uh-huh. a lot of the uh, images that I produce are from uh, dreams that I have. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's It starts off as just um, an idea, like a small seed. And I work with a small seed and start to build my sets. And then they sort of take on a life of their own, you know, the creative process mm-hmm. uh, until until it's completed. And once the set is completed, then I choose a model for it. So I kind of work a little bit opposite than most people. The model is the last thing I consider. And uh, th- they're no more important than anything else. <laughs> it sounds terrible, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> they're part of the set to tell the story. How do you choose your, your your models? Because I know you have all kinds of models. You know, you photograph so many people, but um, how do you pick them? And how how do you get them to actually do this? Because, you know, some of them are, you know, nudity, right? So um, Right. Oh, yeah. Some of them are pretty explicit. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of the models approach me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a process that I go by. Uh, we become friends, basically. Mm-hmm. We talk yeah. a lot. It'll be months and months before uh, I'll, I'll consider to be part of what I'm working on mm-hmm. because it's important for me to know um, what they can bring mm-hmm. to the idea, the specific idea that I have. And I also have to make sure that their ego or their spirit isn't so powerful that it overpowers the set. You know, some people mm-hmm. project that. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So the process just takes it takes a very long time. Mm-hmm months to to pick someone wow so you started in ceramics many years ago right that was your early days um i did how how did you get from ceramics to to dark erotic photography it it seemed to be i mean it there doesn't seem to be a link between them but i'll i'll go through the problem we're talking you know we're talking like 40 years of yeah Mm -hmm. being an artist so um, I fell in love with ceramics when I was in, in university and um, I was a ceramist for about 11 years and doing quite well. Uh, typical ceramics like plates and you know mugs and vases and then I started to work larger and larger and larger and more abstractly and I started to incorporate images um, into the ceramic work itself. Mm-hmm. And then when I could not find the image that I thought the piece needed, I would just photograph it myself. And uh, then so I picked up photography and and one of my degrees is actually in photography. And then uh, it just it just boomed from there. I went from ceramics to being a painter to being in an art group group. in the early uh, 1990s called ArtFux, A-R-T-F-U-X. Mm-hmm. We were a political uh, activist art group in New York City. I was with them for 
about four years and then i i branched out on my own and just started to do photography exclusively and then and then here we are so what does your paintings look like i, I mean I, I really want to see that yeah i have i have a lot of them i still have some of them uh in the studio uh they're, they're quite large they're very large mm -hmm. um which is why I switched to painting from ceramics. Ceramics has its limitations as far as how big something can be. Um, so they're quite large. Some of them are, you know, six by eight feet. Um, mm -hmm. They have a lot of influence and texture from things that I've learned uh, from doing ceramics. And, and they also involve uh, images as well. So I even your, your, um, your ceramics, are they um, any kind of like similar to your photography? Or is it totally different? Um, the early work is, is pretty much uh, what people would consider ceramics to be. Uh -huh. um, it was very influenced by Japanese potters. Uh, other than that, um, once I started to branch out and want to do other things, uh, they started to incorporate some images. I did a, a process where you can infuse the ceramics with a photographic image. Uh, and then I wanted to work larger, and it was just a limitation of how big I could do things in ceramics, and that's how I moved to painting. Oh, interesting. But you, and you also do film, right? You also have a you also you also a filmmaker. You brand. I am. Um, I make. Um, I make. I call little art films. Mm -hmm. You know, I I don't know if I would consider myself a filmmaker. Uh, but I do make little art films. Mm -hmm. uh, I've done quite a few, actually. And um, that seemed to be a natural progression from building the sets. Mm -hmm. uh, because the sets are so intricate that if you came into my studio, you would think that a, a play was going to be performed. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, it seemed natural for me to try to do something with some moving images. And, and I'm, I'm, still, I'm still doing them. Uh, as well you know your your um, your photographs are very intricate they have all these different things in there how do you find all those little things you you put in your on your on your set you know to take this to, to shoot the photo right um oh. I, that's exactly it uh i i look for it uh, a lot of flea markets garage yeah. sales um yeah. antique stores and if i can't find it i make it oh it, yeah Tell us about this, uh, your latest pre-production phase of uh, adaptation of an avant-garde short story, Ning Yoshi. Ning Yoshi, yeah. That, uh, that loosely translates, that's Japanese, and it loosely translates to Doll Maker. Um, I actually am working on two shorts with the mm -hmm. same name. Um, one has to do with my friend, um, Japanese photographer Daikichi-san. Uh, Daikichi Amano is his name. He's, a, uh, he's, he's so incredible. Mm -hmm. um, he actually sent me some raw footage that he was shooting of some of the sets and some of the things that he was doing. And I've had him for years, and I couldn't figure out what to do with them. And finally, I just sat down... Um, and decided that I was going to do something with them. And so I pieced together this short, little short film called Ningushi. And um, it's almost done. I'm just waiting for uh, the soundtrack to be created. I have a friend, uh, uh, since your show is mostly about music, um, his name is Vincent from a band. Uh, 
He's a composer and a musician from a band called Incisors. Mm -hmm. He's from, um, he's actually from Athens, Greece. You know what? So I, that's I pretty it. interesting. I, I heard it. It's beautiful music. Yeah, it's a, it's quite amazing. He's yeah. uh, he is a really talented. Uh, I'm going to call him a kid only because he's probably half my age. But <laughs> it, we've worked on a lot of things together. And so when I told him that I was working with Daikichi-san, um, he was got very excited and said, "Oh, can I do the soundtrack?" And I said, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" So it's all done. I'm just waiting on him. It kind of got sidetracked a little bit because of COVID and. Um, Hopefully, I, I will have, he just wrote me actually the other day, and hopefully I'll have that soundtrack soon. So I'll probably be posting the movie Yeah, well, probably in a month in a month or so, maybe. Yeah, I would love to see that. No, that, that should be interesting. Yeah, it's, it's uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Daikichi Amano's work, uh, you, you will be interested once you see the movie, that's for sure. You know, you also do still life images, right? That is correct. Yeah, but is that a new thing, or are you still developing that a little, little bit more? Uh, it was a phase. Um, uh, I I did maybe about eighty different uh, small still lifes, mm -hmm. and uh, the reason I did it was that I found, that, you know, when I was building the sets, that the little things I put into sets were interesting in themselves, mm -hmm. just just by themselves, and I figured that they needed sort of a voice of their own. And so I started to do these miniature still lifes. Uh, I lit them the same way I would light my set because I use stage lighting. I don't use strobes. Mm -hmm. I use old school stage lights. And so to replace the stage lights in this little miniature set, um, I use little flashlights. Mm -hmm. And uh, so all the little still lifes you see are done with little flashlights. But, you know, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Yeah, I um, I did like I said, I I did about eighty of them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if I'll do more. Maybe I, mm -hmm. I guess it's always you know the little set, the little stage I built, and the flashlights, and the, the whole lighting system is still in the studio. So you never know. What is it like, like uh, living in uh, Georgia now? Because I know you came from this big city, New York, you know, and then you moved to Georgia. Yeah, I you, did. <laughs> do you like it? I mean, do you like do you miss New York City? I miss I well, I miss the New York I knew. Mm -hmm. um, I have been told by people who still live there that New York City has changed a tremendous amount, mm -hmm. and that it is mostly like Disney World now. It's it's turned so like sterile and mm. vanilla that. Um, I, they said I wouldn't recognize it. So I do miss the New York that I knew. Uh, living in Georgia is, uh, shall we say, a different experience. Mm -hmm. um, it is the Deep South. I am only about an hour and a half from Atlanta. And I live uh, about 10 minutes outside of UGA, which is the University of Georgia. Mm -hmm. So it's a progressive little college town, university town. And... Um, Unlike other parts of Georgia, you you can get all kinds of food and sushi and Thai food and mm -hmm. um, music scene here is huge in Athens. Oh, yeah? uh, oh, B yeah. The the B52s came from Athens. Yeah, uh, uh -huh. REM came from Athens. Mm -hmm. oh, so uh -huh. it has that history to it. So it's a, it's still a very large music uh, driven town. Why did you decide to move to Athens, Georgia? 
Well, that was my my wife actually picked Athens. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, I had I had two requirements. Uh, mm-hmm. One was that I wanted land. I wanted a lot of land, mm-hmm. and the other one I wanted no snow. Okay. So uh, those were that's that those were my only requirements, and mm-hmm. I wanted enough. I wanted some place that I could build a new studio, which I did. Uh, and she happened to stumble upon Athens and came down here and visited and fell in love with it. And I said, "Okay, let's go." Wow, because that's a that's a drastic move, right? From New York, it is. Yeah, it is. You know, things are slower here, but the air is fresh. Um, no snow. The weather is beautiful most of the time. Uh, the people here are generally uh, very down to earth and friendly. At least the people I mix with. Mm-hmm. And uh, being close to the university town helps a tremendous deal. It's a very progressive town for the south. Yeah. You know, um, your work is, you know, to me, is, is very controversial, you know, in a good way for me, of course, but um, it's also haunting. You know, some people may call it mad, insane, wild, you know, sexual, <laughs> you know, the, all of that stuff. And, you know, some people will call it, oh, it's dark, dark beauty, dark stuff, you know. But, you, right. but you've been called um, by this um, book. You're in a book, right, I believe. You've been called the artistic assassin who wants to artistically assassinate Christianity, especially Catholicism, oh. <laughs> in, Bill yeah. Don- in Bill Donahue's newest book. Um, yeah, yeah, that was, that was an inter- that's an interesting story. Um, uh, I'll, I'll try to make it as short as possible. I was having a show in um, New York City. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I was having a show in New York City at uh, KFMK Gallery in Chelsea. I think it was around uh, 2006. Mm-hmm. And someone had reported to Bill Donahue that um, they sh- he should come and see the show <laughs> because there was a piece in it that, that I guess, um, upset this person. Uh-huh. Uh, and it was called The Transmutation of the Madonna. And it was a pretty radical piece. It uh, depicted a, a, a woman mutilating her vagina with a butcher knife. And uh, the blood, yeah, <laughs> the blood was um, draining into a, a chalice that had a cross on it. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know, they found that upsetting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the next thing I knew, I, I was like in very good company in his book. Um, <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually a good thing, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, I wasn't upset by it at all yeah, because yeah. I, I found it a little ridiculous. But uh, yeah. it, it's interesting what people see in my work and what upsets them. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. At the same show in New York, I was approached by uh, someone writing for an art magazine who thought my work was terrible and completely uh, misogynistic. And I was trying to, I, I never really explained my work to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I believe that limits your interpretation if I tell you what it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I've never, ever explained my work to anyone. So this person was coming at me pretty strong about things. And, um, and I kept telling him, no, you know, it is, it is what it is. Like, if that's what you see, that's what you see. You know, Anais Nin said, you know, we see things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. So he obviously had a little of that going on. And uh, this woman interrupted us and said, John, uh, I hate to interrupt you, but I have to leave. And I wanted to say how wonderful your exhibition is. And she actually said, like, how do you understand women so well? <laughs> and so they got into it, you know, it's not now mm -hmm. this reporter and this fan are getting into it. So I just kind of like slid out the back door. You know, I just kind of walked away from the argument. Um, mm -hmm. So that's it's, it's pretty interesting what people interpret and people see in my work. So earlier you said that you're you're not religious, but you're spiritual. Correct. Yeah. What do you mean? Can you can you tell us about what you mean by that? Well, I believe that all religions have some truth to them. Mm -hmm. um, if you know, if you break the majority of religions down or formalize religions down uh, to the the core essence of them, it, it really is about acceptance and love. Um, and so, I, I really believe that deep down inside, it may not seem like now, but deep down inside, people are good, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, having a spiritual awakening from the goodness that I see in people is really what I mean by that. Do, do you believe in, in the afterlife and, uh, you know, uh, soul, soulmates? Um, I, you know, I don't know. Um, I guess I'll find out soon. I'm getting there. So, uh, <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you got a lot more years. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm sixty. I'm sixty-five now, and so I may have some years left in me. But I, I guess I'll find out when the time comes. But I don't. I don't have any particular belief on uh, what happens next. Yeah. I would. I would hope the energy continues on somehow. So, um, what's in the future for um, for your shows? I know. Um, I definitely want to catch. Uh, you know, showing. Like, um, I know I know we're stuck at home and we can't really do much right now, or maybe next year even. I don't know. But uh, any uh, any future plans or thoughts about? Yeah, right. Right now, the art world is um, a, a little. They don't know really what to do. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. A lot of the galleries in New York City have closed. I know. Uh, the way thing, people. Yeah. It is. It's a shame. I, I think they. I, the last thing I read is like something like eighty percent of the galleries in New what? York City have closed in the last ten years. Yeah. Oh God. Um, yeah. It's it's a, it's really a shame. Uh, so I don't I don't really know what's what's going to happen as far as exhibiting. Uh, I am exhibiting this month uh, in Seattle mm -hmm. in oh. a group show. Um, there's an organization called the Seattle Erotic Arts Festival. Mm -hmm. and they have it every year. This year, they're doing it a little bit different because of COVID, but I have um, four pieces in the show this year, and that, that'll be happening, I think the opening is in a, in a week. Oh, okay, okay, Seattle, all right. Well, I'm sure there'll be more in the future. You'll probably go to Europe again and other places. You know, you've been to Japan, right? You did, you just- I, You know, I, I've had shows in Japan, but I've never, I've never been. Uh, the the biggest show I've ever had was in Japan at uh, a gallery called Vanilla Gallery. And they actually showed 42 of my pieces uh, in one time and half the show sold. So I was super happy about that. So you, you mean to say your work was flown there, but you, without you? 
It was, it was just correct. Like, oh, okay, okay. Oh, then you definitely gotta go next time so they can be yeah. artists. That, that's the important yeah, they keep, thing. Yeah, <laughs> they keep they keep telling me to come. They keep telling me to come. So you know, maybe once this is uh, this pandemic is all over, maybe I I'll finally do it. Yeah, and then uh, in Europe, I mean, you you've done some art shows there. My work my work has been there. I've shown I've shown in um, like every major European city. Um, at, at least two or three times, you know, in my career, mm -hmm. but I've never been. I went to Europe once uh, oh. many years ago. Uh, it's it's difficult to, you know, if if you're having shows uh, in Germany or in, in France, or whatever. It's difficult to go out every time. Yeah, you know, it's mm -hmm. just it just becomes too expensive uh, to to do that every time. So I just really ship my work out there. Oh, yeah, well, you, yeah. Next time. Well, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to catch your next show as long as you're there and not just your piece, but, you know, so I can get you to sign my book, the book, that you, The Fruit of the Secret God, which I have, and uh, I'm, I'm so glad I got that. <laughs> wow, that was also great. Yeah. Yep. I'd be, I'd be more, I'd be more than happy. I mean, I would love to meet you. So I, yeah. I follow, I follow you, and I see the things that you post and what you're involved with, and so I would love to meet you. That'd be great. Yeah, me too. I mean, I mean, it's something that you know, who, who I would never have thought that I would actually meet you. It's been like how many years I've had this book, you know, since nineteen when it first came out. You know, that's yeah, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, so I've had it for a while, and uh, I'm glad I have it. And I. It's one of the books I always like show my show my friends. You know, if somebody visits me. Oh, you got to check this book out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so. Oh, that pleases me so much. <laughs> yeah, you know. In fact, they even have some 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 shows here in Hawaii. We we had uh, Joel Peter Witkin's work in Hawaii. Oh, did they? Yeah. Um, which I, I was really which I missed because I wasn't in town. But um, I wish I saw that. But yeah. Oh, what a shame! I I, lo I love his his stuff from the the mid '80s. Are, are my favorite. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the mid-80s work is really stunning stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, his work is out there too. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't see what's the big, you know, how, how that guy, that religious guy, whatever his name was. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I well, you, you can't please. I, I, I was, you know, I was I was just happy to be in his book. I mean, yeah. Well, what, is, what is that saying that? No, uh, no publicity is bad right, publicity right, yeah. or some something like that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's a good thing, you know. Publicity is publicity. That's great. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And then somebody will read that and say they'll look you up and they'll say, "Who's this guy? Let's look him up." You know. Kind That's of true. That's very true. <laughs> That's very true. Okay. So, uh, do you have any uh, greatest inspiration or influence in your life that influence your work and who you are as an artist? I, I think more of who I am as an artist, and that would have to be uh, my aunt. Oh, okay. Uh, her name was uh, Stella Mars, M-A-R-R-S, and she was a jazz singer. Oh. And she was also, uh, you, you will relate to this, she was the first female DJ at an all-jazz station in New York City in oh. the late 60s, early 70s. Oh wow! Uh, she she played with uh, the Lyle, uh, Lionel Hampton band. Uh -huh. um, she introduced me to so many jazz musicians when I was young. I'm talking maybe when I was 11, 12, 13. And she showed me and encouraged me to just be myself and to follow my dreams, contrary to what anyone else believes. And that always that always stuck with me. And I think that she was probably 
she just passed away in February. She was 93. And she was probably uh, the biggest influence in my early development of of being a person and uh, marching to a a different drummer, so to speak. Wow. Well, you know, bless her heart. You know, I mean, that's that's great because you're you're an amazing artist, and uh, and you you really do um, um, the artist that goes against the grain. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I used to, it's it's interesting because I I've never really seen myself going against the grain. I guess it would be, uh, but it's always just been what I do. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's just it's it is who I am and what my work is about. And as I said before, people see whatever they want to see into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just do it because I, I just love doing it. Yeah, I mean, that's the best thing, right? I mean, you, you just let people interpret it their way, right? And uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And of course, you know, your website is um, centimineros.com. Correct. Yeah. And that's S A N T E R I N E R O S S dot com. That that's absolutely right. And then that, that and, and you can check my my newer work on Instagram as well. I haven't updated my official website uh, in about a year. Uh, the new work uh, that I'm doing now is up on mostly on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So is it, and, is it um, photography work or or, or different other? It's, it's photography work. Uh, it's all work that's going to be in my third and final book, um, which is titled Santorinaris Three. Oh, okay. And that will be coming out a year, about a year, probably in October of twenty one. Oh, okay. I'm looking forward to that one. I didn't know. Okay, but why did you say your your third and final? Why did why do you say final? Um, there comes a time, um, where you have to know when you're done and I'm starting to, I'm starting to, I think, reach that point, at least with photography. I think I'll still do short films, Mm -hmm. but I think with photography, I think I'm, I think I'm starting to wind down. Yeah. Uh, you have, you have to know when to leave the stage, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, um. I, I I hope you don't, but um, but I understand. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, uh, being an artist for over forty years now, um, yeah, I'll n- I'll never be totally done. But with with the with photography, I don't. Maybe we'll see. Do you think maybe you you do some other things like, you know, like I asked you a question about jewelry making because I think you're, I I think you'd be really good at that. I think people would love your jewelry if you did something like that. <laughs> um, I, I, I've actually done jewelry before, mm-hmm. um, in, in, at university and stuff. And, um, I, 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 I took, you know, I took a few classes and stuff like that. So I have a, some rings and some things that I've made. So you never know. Yeah. Well, well you know, well, thank you. And again, you know, com for more details or your, or your Instagram page. And, uh, we look forward to your, to your new book coming out next year. Yep. Santineros three, right? C- correct. And, and hopefully, it will not be your third and last. It'll be your third. <laughs> it'll be your third and and um and forthcoming. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, I appreciate your encouragement. <laughs> well, you know, I appreciate this interview. Thank you very much for um 
for telling us a little bit about um, about your work. I'm so glad I got to to actually meet you and talk to you. And 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 again, thank you so much for thinking about me and having me on your show. Um, it's it's really been it's really been nice and been fun. Thank you. Yeah, and good luck with your with all the rest of your um, you know your art and your artwork and your inspiration. Thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you so much. Thank you, John.